Thirty years ago, it would have seemed like science fiction to think that robotic technology would be involved in surgical procedures. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Phil Faraci, Medical Director and Chief Cardiac Surgeon at Condell Heart Center. Welcome, Dr. Faraci. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here again with you. Today, we are discussing robotic-assisted surgery. Dr. Faraci, what is robotic-assisted surgery? Well, Mark, it's not an easy explanation, not something I can just wrap up into a simple phrase. But let me sort of hit the highlights of how robotic technology can assist us to perform very complicated surgical procedures without making large invasive incisions into body cavities. First and most importantly, this is a minimally invasive way of performing very complex surgical procedures. And It affords the patient an opportunity to have big operations with hardly any incision visible. Well, who's doing the surgery, the robot or you as the surgeon? Well, Mark, that's an interesting question because the robot could not perform this surgery without some input from the surgeon. On the other hand, it is not a direct surgical technique whereby the surgeon's hands are performing the technical procedures themselves. All of what the surgeon does is integrated through a computer system which digitizes all of the motions that we make with both our hands and our feet at a console that is then directed to a robotic instrument which is at the operating table itself. The surgeon, by the way, is not. He's sitting in on the side. And our motions are not directly communicated to the robot. They're integrated and filtered in a way such that If we were to have a small tremor, even it would be smoothened out, and the motions made at the field would be that of the robot actuating the instruments themselves. Well, this seems very difficult, is it? Well, you know, Mark, it really is. It's it's very complex. It's it's difficult to adapt to as a surgeon who has always operated with his hands for over 30 years. It took me some time to accommodate to this new way of activating instruments over which I have no direct manual control. Now, is the name of the robotic-assisted surgery the Da Vinci Surgical System? That's right, Mark. This current system is an amalgamation of uh, several iterations of early experimental robotic technologies, which have now been merged by several companies having been acquired by one company, uh, Intuitive Surgical, from California, and they named this system the Da Vinci Surgical System. Now, you mentioned that if someone has a tremor, that this would smooth out the tremor, but what are the other advantages of using the system? Now, you've been a cardiac surgeon for a number of years. Why would you personally want to do this approach? Well, that's right, Mark. I think that As a cardiac surgeon, uh, I can say that every year that I've been in practice, I've done an operation that I've never done before. And over this past year or 18 months, it's been several operations. We really have morphed as surgical professionals over the last year or two, performing all sorts of new procedures to try to 
make our surgical interventions more acceptable to patients. But when you talk about minimally invasive and you being a cardiac surgeon, how can there be a minimally invasive cardiac operation, even using the robotic technology? Well, Mark, I'm going to try to create an image for you and your listeners that will give you an impression of how this is done and what it feels like and how it can be accomplished with what to the patient at the end of the procedure after he has recovered simply feels like no operation at all. This instrumentation allows us to visualize any portion of the body from inside, right inside the body cavity. A camera is placed within the body through a small hole, and that camera can visualize any segment of an organ or organ system which we wish. And it's a three-dimensional image. It's as if we were right there inside the body, but we're not. We're sitting at a console off on the side. We can then introduce several instruments. In the case of the da Vinci system, three separate arms which carry individual instruments into this operative field through small holes. And now we are virtually inside the body with instrumentation and a 3D visualization on an imaging screen without having made any large incision. How can it be three-dimensional? Well, this is the first, actually, of the endoscopic surgical instruments that provides three-dimensional imaging. And it is done by a long steel shaft which has two sets of lenses, one for each eye, which are very carefully balanced so that they synthesize a single image, which then has three-dimensional capability. And what about tactile sensation? Well, this is the one big drawback, which is uh, coming, I think, soon, and that is that there has been no way of developing a sense of proprioception that can be delivered from the instrument back to the operator at the console. This really emphasizes the importance of the three-dimensional image because we're substituting our visual perception for our proprioception. And this instrumentation, of course, is very strong, very powerful. And it's being asked to do some very delicate tasks. So there's potential danger here if we're not very careful and have some feedback that prevents us from doing something dangerous. Is it that you are doing different operations with this technique, or are you doing operations that you previously have done a traditional way? The latter, at this point, Mark, there have been no operations developed specifically for the robotic technology. But I think that what we can say is we have evolved the traditional operations and uh, made them much more acceptable to the patient with regard to his perception of what has been done, albeit somewhat more intricate for the operator. But after some time, one accommodates this instrumentation and it becomes almost a preference. Well, I think, in fact, a preference because of the superior visual optics and the freedom of rotation, which provides extension and rotation of instrumentation, which is even superior to our own manipulation by hand. How is it superior to your own manipulation? Theoretically, the robotic instrument can be asked to do 
an infinite number of motions without limitation. There's a clutching mechanism which is operated by the foot pedals of the console that allows us to continue to rotate an instrument around more than 360 degrees, which we're not capable of doing on our own. And similarly, flexion and extension is superior to our own hand manipulation. So it allows us to do some intricate maneuvers which would be virtually impossible by hand. But these are maneuvers that you usually have not used in techniques other than robotic surgery, correct? Well, let's put it this way, Mark. It's easier to both visualize and manipulate the tissues that we're operating upon with this optic and instrumentation than it is with our own native vision and native manipulations. At this point, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are wondering, what does the operating room look like? Where are you sitting? Where's the anesthesiologist? Where's the patient? How far are you from the patient? Could you just describe what it looks like in the operating room? Well, I guess over the past four or five years, our operating room for heart surgery has evolved into something like a space lab. There are a number of pieces of equipment that we, in the past, would not have thought either necessary or possible to be involved in these operations. It's almost as if the patient and the other personnel have taken a back seat to all of the technology that's become available. So walking into our operating room where we're going to do a robotic operation, one would see the operating table in the center of a very large room, anesthesia equipment at the head of the table, an echocardiogram machine behind the anesthesiologist, the cardiopulmonary bypass machine on the far side of the room on the patient's left side in our case. And then besides the operating table, there's the operating equipment table where all of the instrumentation is. And the rest of the room is entirely used up with the components of the da Vinci surgical system, which include the operative console, which I like to describe as about the size and appearance of a roll-top desk. In fact, looks like this, and when the operator emerges his head into the roll top, he has absolutely no visual perception of anything but the monitoring screen that's within the console. The other components are a rather large tower, which contains the electrical components that are going to translate the computerized integration of the motions that we make from the console to the operative cart, which is a euphemism for the robot itself. And this is a piece of equipment that's seven feet tall. And we like to sort of create the image of a character in one of the Star Wars movies, General Grievous. And we call this robot the General. Any of you have seen this movie and seen the four-armed, laser-wielding swordsman, this is pretty much what that robot looks like. Another way of describing it is, for those who have seen robotics used in the automobile manufacturing business along the assembly line, it's about the same size and and shape of those robots. So it's a very robust piece of equipment and capable of of some rather fascinating and, and intricate maneuvers. Are you scrubbed? Well, it's not necessary for the primary operator to actually be within the sterile field. There is an assistant who is at the operating table, who is in the position of an operator at an operating table. But he need not be a surgeon. 
He could be a surgical assistant, a physician assistant, even a technician, and he'll be trained to perform maneuvers as instructed by the operator at the console, passing instruments back and forth, loading instruments onto the robot, retrieving needles and pieces of tissue from the operative field. But the operation is really performed by a surgeon who is not actually in the sterile field. Well, who then does the initial incision for the minimally invasive approach? The technician or an assistant surgeon who is at the field will make the small little incisions where these instruments are introduced and will, in fact, be the assistant surgeon. I want to thank Dr. Phil Faraci, who has been our guest. We have been discussing robotic-assisted surgery. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill. And you have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.